All right, here we go. The real recession has finally begun, and we could debate later when it officially started, but now the data, the markets, they're all saying it's go time. The last piece of the puzzle was jobs. We could tell that something was up already. We had weak employment from ADP, jobless claims, especially continued claims, they suggested something was up, but now we have the payroll report. For the month of October, we see weak headline number, 150,000, private payrolls under 100,000, the unemployment rate is rising, the U6 rate is rising, hours are falling again, all of it suggesting that employment was indeed the last piece of the puzzle. Now, the disinflation rebound that I've been talking about, that didn't end the recession. It didn't end the recession question. It simply extended the amount of time between when we knew we were in recessionary danger to when the final piece, the employment piece, would actually show up because we had this reprieve in the middle part of the year where consumers spent a little more, businesses felt a little bit better, and they were gonna hang on to their workers to see where this disinflation rebound went. And that was always the danger. Throughout the summer, you could tell businesses were becoming a little more pessimistic about the prospects of the disinflation rebound to continue. They started to cut back a little bit more and more, if, even if they weren't ready to lay off workers. Now we're seeing more and more the answer to that question, which is, companies aren't going to be willing to go through another downturn, having already weathered the last one, hoping that we would be into recovery by the end of this year and look at full actual economic growth next year. So if the disinflation trend is done and, and the more employers and businesses see that, the more they're going to start making the big adjustments, and that is in employment. Not just cutting hours, but also more and more cutting workers. What we see from the economic data, from the statistics on the employment numbers all throughout the economy, and not just the U.S., also around the world, unemployment's up in Europe, what we see is that businesses are in that transition period where they were hoarding workers, but cutting hours, cutting costs, to now starting to think more seriously, really not hiring workers, as well as let's start the layoffs. The reaction in the marketplace has been exactly what we expected exactly what I just said yesterday, the bull steepener case in the bond market. I'm not talking about the stock market. I'm talking about the real markets here, the bond market where interest rates are down substantially. Not just yesterday, but over the last several weeks, rates have been le leaking a little bit lower after topping out in October, which is consistent with the September effect pattern that I've been talking about since before August. Interest rates, long-term interest rates go up August really in September and continue into October. But once we get past the September effect, then the market begins to go back to pricing more fundamental prospects. And those fundamental prospects we saw in the two-year part of the curve. The two-year part of the curve has been saying, it didn't really get involved in the September effect. So it was really saying all along that the disinflation rebound was dissipating, that the risks of the full recession setbacks that was coming closer and closer. So today, obviously, interest rates are down big on the U.S. employment report. The 10-year is down to 452 already. The five-year, 
447. The two-year, which had been really stuck around 5%, 485 as of today. So as I said yesterday, bull steepener case where all interest rates are going to go down first. And when we get into the worst part of the worst part of the recession, that's when the curve uninverts and short-term rates will actually go down much faster than long-term rates. Bill rates are actually down a little bit too because the entire marketplace finally getting the confirmation that the employment part of the economy has become incredibly weak. And again, this is not just the United States. This is all over the rest of the world. Uh, we get the economic statistics on employment for Germany. Unemployment has been up all year there. The unemployment rate just went up in uh, for all of Europe. The Europeans reported, a, I believe, a 6.5% unemployment rate, up from 6.4%. So the reaction in global bonds has been similar to what we see in U.S. Treasuries. Yields are down really big in Europe because Europe is further along in this disinflationary rebound going away process into the full recession part of the, the unfortunate part of the recession. So far in November, the first three days of November, German rates are down big. We see long-term rates go down further than short-term rates. That's re-steepening the bull steepener case before we get to the worst part, which is where short-term rates will go down farther than long-term rates. So short-term rates are eventually going to go past where long-term rates are heading already. And again, global phenomenon, global recession, disinflationary trend, all of that being confirmed now in the labor market. We knew it was going to reach the United States at some point. And, you know, we got surveys like the ISM I mentioned yesterday, too, or the day before, that they could tell that companies were becoming more and more anxious about hanging on to their workers. Now, companies, they don't want to lay off workers. They don't want to get into the, point, the, the, the possibility where they cut workers today and then the, the downturn is just a shallow one, it's not a big one, and then they have to hire workers back, especially as much as they have complained about how hard it is to find qualified work over the last couple of years, the last thing they want to do is get rid of the ones that they finally found that were able to work for them. So they've been hoarding workers on the premise on the idea that Jay Powell was right, or if he was wrong and there was a recession, it would be very short and very shallow. But we've been in a downturn for over a year, and while it has been shallow up until this point, if the disinflation pattern continues to work out, which seems to be the case, more and more confirmation all over the place, then businesses are going to react to that by saying, okay, it's been shallow to this point, but it's no longer going to be short and the probability and the likelihood that it's no longer going to stay shallow is rising too. So businesses seeing, perceiving this threat to their own bottom line, they're not just going to cut hours, although we see lots of that, they're going to cut hours and they're going to start cutting headcounts as well. We aren't to that point just yet, but the labor statistics that we got further confirm that they're, we're heading very seriously in that direction or determinedly in that direction. We could see it coming from jobless claims, first of all. Jobless claims, initial claims, initial filings, those are still incredibly low and they had been falling even through the summer, again, the disinflation trend, up until around early September. And they haven't really moved all that much off of the September low, but it's enough to suggest after four, five, six weeks of that, Maybe something's going on here. Not mass layoffs just yet, but a possible change in the uh, labor market itself from the disinflationary part to the that next stage that we're talking about here. But the big one, that's been continued claims. 
and continued claims are Americans who have been previously laid off that are not able to find new work as easily, so they're sticking around on government aid and getting paid for state un unemployment insurance for longer and longer. So the amount of continued claims go up when the labor market becomes softer or more questionable. And we see continued claims like initial claims, those kind of bottomed out on the disinflation trend early September, but they really didn't get going until the final week in September, and it was October where they really started to take off. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, continued claims have jumped, suggesting again, as a material change in the labor market, September and really October. We keep coming back to this theme over and over and over again, and economic data all throughout the economy and all throughout the world. September and October, the rough summer, the disinflation trend coming down, that's when jobs get involved, and that's what everybody really associates with recession. So that brings us to the October payroll report. The headline number, as I mentioned in the beginning, that was just 150,000, but a lot of those were government jobs, private payrolls, only 99,000, which was the weakest since June. We continue to see, despite the increase in September, which appears to have been nothing more than what I said back when it was released in early October, every once in a while, the BLS has to catch up has to try to catch up when payrolls become weak. They stick in this one month that this one month that just like a middle finger sticks out because they're trying to get the payroll reports, the overall trend back on trend because they're overly smooth. They adhere to a trend cycle estimation that is overstating the job market. That's overstating the trend and the cycle, especially if the cycle is changing. So we see the slowdown continuing to slow down and get worse in the establishment survey, but September was a, it was a way to statistically push it back up closer to trend. And now we're again weaker in October. Private payrolls under 100,000, that's not a good sign, especially considering that's likely overstated too. Payrolls are likely, the employment, the employment situation is likely worse than the establishment survey makes it seem. And we, one way we know that is we're back into these revisions. Believe it or not, the BLS who last month for the first time this year revised their recent statistics higher, they revised everything lower again. 100,000 jobs simply disappeared. 100,000 jobs that we thought were gained after last month's revisions, those are now gone again. And August is a perfect example. It's a ridiculous example. They start out with August at 187,000. Then last month, they, they bumped that up by, by 40,000 to 227. But now they say it was, oh, no, we're our bad. It's 165,000. So even though they revised higher last month, August is now less than they originally thought back in September when they re originally released the August figures. And they also revised September's big number, which had been 336. They revised that down too. So we got downward revisions again. We've got the slowdown in the payroll report, and it only goes downhill from here. Hours. Hours worked. This is part of the CES or establishment survey. Hours worked. Those fell in October, and that was the fifth time in the last nine months. So hours are incredibly weak. We're getting into that part of the labor market. Uh, businesses are clearly cutting cost, and hours, the hours index is only fractionally higher than where it had been in January, just 0.3%, which suggests 
The businesses all along have been hanging on to their workers, but they have been very careful about the amount of hours that they work them. Again, a cost-cutting measure before we even get to now the layoff period. Weekly earnings, um, those continue to slow. They're basically flat in October from September, um, fractionally higher, but you know, 0.0% month-over-month change. The year-over-year -year rate has slowed way down. It's now the lowest since March of 2020. That's not me making a mistake. The lowest year-over-year -year change in weekly earnings for production of supervisory employees, the blue-collar workers, the, the frontline workers, lowest since March of 2020. Weekly hours are going down, so weekly pay is slowing down, and it's slowing down at a pretty substantial pace, which, again, go, points us in the direction of that final recession stage. We see some deceleration in hourly wages, companies with less to do, not as much competition for workers, certainly not the inflationary Phillips curve wage spiral that uh, policymakers are envisioned or afraid of, the year-over-year -year rate in hourly earnings, that was the slowest since June of 2021. That's another sign, slowdown in the labor market, substantial slowdown in the labor market. It's continuing. Where it looks like it's accelerating, really accelerating into the downturn, that's the CPS statistics, the household survey, which has suggested, unlike the smooth establishment survey, Weakness in the labor market all throughout the summertime. Despite the disinflationary rebound that was good for businesses to get a little bit of top-line revenue growth, but they didn't really turn that into a major hiring spree. It just it convinced them to hoard workers a little bit longer, for a few months longer than they might have otherwise. But according to the household survey, maybe that's done too. The household survey was up only 86,000 in September, which was a low number to begin with. Now keep in mind, these CPS numbers, they're quite volatile. They move all over the place. So we want to look at them over the longer term trend. So 86,000, that wasn't a big deal. But that was followed up today with October's number, which was minus 348,000. So that was a big drop in the household survey. Two months in a row now, September and October, that look incredibly weak. On top of the last six months that already look substantially. You look at the last six months, the household survey says only 191,000 jobs have been created. Com total, period. And a lot of those are people who are working second jobs. The, the number of, of Americans who are saying they have to work two jobs, that continues to go up even as the employment statistics continue to go down. So at an average of just 31.8 thousand over the last six months, that's again, businesses who are hoarding workers, but are very careful about controlling their costs. They just don't wanna let anyone go or didn't until maybe last month. October seems to be the straw that finally broke the camel's back, which is why we see all of these warning signs throughout the marketplace and all the other data that I've been talking about just recently. Full-time jobs, part of the household survey, those actually picked up in October. They were up by 326,000, but because they have been down a lot over the previous three months, they're still lower since the summertime too. And again, remember monthly fluctuations. So even though full-time jobs are up 326,000, that looks more, nothing more than a statistical fluctuation at this point. So the reason that the household survey was down was because 670,000 part-time jobs just disappeared. So up 326 in full-time, but down 670 in part-time, roughly equivalent to the minus 350 in the household survey. 
Weakness in the household survey means the unemployment rate is going up too. The actual, the amount of people in the labor force was, it increased by a slow amount, a low amount in September, and then decreased in October. Again, September into October. As a result of the household survey falling and the labor force falling a little bit, the number of unemployed went up, which meant the unemployment rate went up to 3.9%, which is the highest since the start of 2022. In addition, the U6 or underemployment rate, that went up to 7.2%, likewise the highest since early 2022. So the labor market data, like the markets, the fundamental parts of the markets, they're saying more and more confirmation, the disinflation rebound that happened in the middle part of the year in the economy, earlier in the year in the European part of the economy, that really has dissipated. It's gone away, leaving the economy now exposed to the recession that was always coming. It was just delayed by the disinflation rebound in between. As the employment data begins to confirm the full-blown recession case in the marketplace, we're going to look more and more for the bull steepening scenario before it becomes the uninversion where short-term rates really go down faster than long-term rates. And that's what we see in the short run. And if it continues to go this way, we would expect nothing different fundamentally across these markets. Just a couple days ago, I looked into how the yield curve inverts, a couple scenarios for the treasury market and other bond markets. You can check out that video, it's linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see here. And until next time, take care.